It sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold, balanced sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Miren, miren! 
¿Es un pájaro? ¿Es un avión? ¡No! ¡Es un Looking to invest in the future of your community? MuniRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.muniradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one-half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. 
please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Welcome. Thanks for listening to MutinyRadio.fm here in San Francisco. I'm Global Val, and you're listening to Women's Magazine, a weekly show here at the corner of 21st and Florida from 2 to 3. Uh, but don't forget to tune in to KPFA 94.1, which is a uh, women's magazine is every Monday uh, from 1 to 2 p.m., 94.1 FM out of Berkeley, uh, is KPFA.org. The Pacifica Network all throughout California and syndicated across the country. Um, but I, then I'm here over here in the Mission District uh, doing my Women's Magazine Outpost every Friday here for you. So thanks for tuning in and, and, uh, and for listening. And I hope you enjoy. So uh, it's Friday the 13th. But you know what? I, I don't, I've never found that to be an auspicious day, really. Um, you know, I, I may be a little superstitious in some regard. Like you, you probably won't catch me walking under any ladders, but Friday the 13th doesn't scare me. And I hope it doesn't scare you too, or either rather. Um, and today over here at Mutiny Radio, coming up in just about an hour's time, uh, we're going to be having a big old shindig birthday party for Diamond Dave uh, as we uh, do the Common Thread Collective starting at 3, which of course you're welcome to join us here at the corner of 21st and Florida. Diamond Dave turned 78 years old yesterday, so we're going to be having a big old uh, celebration here in the form of our regular Friday show, where well, there's nothing regular or common about it, other than the common thread. Um, and then afterwards, tonight at 7 o'clock over at Adobe Books on 24th Street, there's going to be another Diamond Dave birthday celebration, community open mic, uh, open floor, pull something, pull a book off the shelf if you'd like, uh, read a passage or perform something, and come on out and celebrate and celebrate life. That's, that's what we're all about here. Anyhow, um, speaking of which... Um, I've got one announcement that, uh, about the goddess spirit rising art show. Um, this was sent to me by one of our vets for peace, Latanya. Thanks for sending it in. She's also a poet and, uh, she has sent us some information about an event that's happening tonight 
and uh, and tomorrow. So it's Friday the 13th, that's this evening from 7 to 10 p.m., is the Goddess Spirit Rising Art Show opening reception with music, ritual, door prizes, performance arts, and conversations with the artists. Uh, this show includes a diverse work of 30 different artists, the energy in the room on opening night, in addition to the art and the ritual, we will bring you blessings beyond measure. And I'm getting to where where that may be. Um, let's see here. We're... Oh, da, 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 Friday. Wow. I really wish I knew where it was. I'm a, little, I'm a little slow today, folks. I've been a little bit under the weather. Here we go. Uh, the address is at 678 Portola Drive. That's here in San Francisco. So 678 Portola. Um, I wonder if that's her church. Anyhow, um, so that's tonight. The Goddess Spirit Rising Art Gallery opening reception and ritual. And then tomorrow, Saturday the 14th, um, at the there'll be... Again, I believe it's the Her Church up there on Portola. Um, all day on Saturday, there'll be an opening ritual starting at 10 a.m. Um, it's basically a big, uh, it's a Her market. So it's a place to go and see and uh, see art, buy art and crafts and various wares that vendors have come. Um, so it's going to be taking place five, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, you can join in for mandala making, um, meditation. Uh, there's, there's, they'll have food at lunchtime, uh, music, um, more guided meditation, and uh, an open mic poetry slam in the sanctuary. That's at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 to 5 p.m. Again, 678 Portola at the Her Church. So you can't miss it. It's a big lavender purple uh, church up there on the top of the hill of Portola. And, yeah, that's happening all weekend. So um, if, you're, if you're looking for some of those uh, early Christmas gifts or whatever kind of gifts you may want to give, go check it out. There'll be lots of cool vendors over there uh, all weekend. And since that is about the goddess spirit rising, uh, I think I'd like to jump in and jump back into the book that I've been reading from called When God Was a Woman by Merlin Stone. The story of the most ancient of religions, the religion of the goddess and the role this ancient worship played in Judeo-Christian attitudes toward women. So I'm kind of jumping around the world here because in this uh, anthropological uh, account, we see how the goddess religion worshiping of the of the female uh, deity um, has been around for God almost twenty five thousand years, um, as as far back as they want to date it. But it it was uh, prevalent all over the world, and so. As we, as human beings and women face uh, so many challenges these days, and we look at the rights that have been, that are being stripped all around, um, I, I like to highlight the fact that even in the ancient world, uh, women had rights, um, and in some cases held great amounts of responsibility and power for their families and communities. All right, so this, this I'm going to read a couple little excerpts here. Um, this one coming from the island of Crete. 
the god who usually dies shortly after his wedding. Hawks describe, describing the goddess and the dying youth on the island of Crete, where worship of the female de- deity flourished from before 3000 BC until the arrival of Indo-European Dorians in about 1100 BC, stated that, quote, she is accompanied by a youthful male deity, a year spirit who is her consort and offspring, who dies and is born, as, and, and is born again, the Cretan version of Adonis. In Minoan Crete, this young god was always subject to the goddess. He was the instrument of her fertility and is shown in humble and worshipful attitudes. Stellanios Alexiou suggests that in Crete, quote, the sacred marriage, the union of the goddess and the god, who usually dies shortly after his wedding, symbolizes the fertility of the earth. Even in classical times in Indo-European Zeus, the Indo-European Zeus was worshipped by the people of Crete, as an infant, and revered primarily as the son of his mother, Rhea. Greek theogony tells us that the goddess Rhea hid the infant Zeus from his father in a Cretan cave. In one legend, Rhea was described as being sexually attacked by her son Zeus, possibly a remnant of an earlier account of the sacred sexual union that took place between them. On Crete, Zeus was thought of as the dying son, a concept deeply resented by the Indo-European Greeks of the mainland, who insisted that Zeus was immortal. Now we go to northern Canaan, mistress of kingship. In the text of Ugarit of the 14th century BC, many of the accounts appear to be the result of the assimilation of the religion of the goddess, with newer Indo-European concepts possibly derived from the great number of Hurrians living there at the time. The texts tell the story of the death of Baal, lord of the Mount Saphon. The record that Baal's death was a result of a battle with Mott, a name otherwise unknown, though the legends reveal that Mott was an enemy greatly feared by Baal. After his death, the goddess Aneth carried Baal's body on her shoulders to find a burial place. As soon as this was done, she avenged the death of Baal by killing Mott, an event described in rather gruesome detail. But the revenge killing seems to be the reason that Baal was allowed to re-enter the world of the living. According to the legend, then, he joined Anath in a field, fell down before her in grateful appreciation, admiring her horns of strength. She taking the form of the sacred heifer, he of the bull, they united in sacred sexual union. Even at this period, Anath was still known as the mistress of the heavens, mistress of kingship. And now we go to modern day Turkey and Anatolia, she who controls the kingship. There are no records among the Hittite texts of Anatolia that suggest that the king was put to death, possibly because the earliest written material that has so far been found seems to have been produced by the Indo-European Hittites themselves. Yet the sun goddess of Arena, the Hattian deity who appears to have been adopted by the invading Hittites, was still known in prayer as she who controls kingship in heaven and on earth. Texts of the Hittites describe a ritual that the queen, a queen performs in front of eight statues of the sun goddess, each bearing the name of a previous high priestess queen. Gurney writes that the great national deity of the Hittites was the sun goddess of Arena, who directs kingship and queenship. 
and it is therefore no surprise to find that her regular festivals were among those for which the presence of the king was essential. Though the evidence is scant, it seems to it seems to point to much the same relationship between the priestess of the goddess and the king in pre-Hittite days. Possibly adopted into Hittite custom to ensure royal legitimacy, early Indo-European leaders may have at one time taken part in the sacred marriage with Hattian priestesses. After about a thousand BC, stories of the goddess, then known as Sibel, and the youth, then known as the shepherd Attis, predominate in Anatolia. Legends once again probably surviving the earlier religion of the goddess people. Various versions of the death of Attis, at times associated with his castration, retell the story of the dying son lover. An interesting factor in the accounts of Sybil and Attis is that this version of the religion of the goddess was eventually brought from Anatolia to Rome. It was celebrated there in great processions and, re and festivals until 268 AD and embraced by such emperors as Claudius and Augustus. We can only guess the influence this had upon the Christian religion that was developing there at the time. Roman reports of the rituals of Sibyl record that the sun, this time as an effigy, was first tied to the, a tree and then buried. Three days later, a light was said to appear in the burial tomb, whereupon Attis rose from the dead, bringing salvation with him in his rebirth. Sibyl was always closely identified with the goddess Rhea, who is known as the mother of Zeus, and is quite, and is quite possible in pre-Christian Rome that the mother of the dying god was known as Ma Rhea. Ma Rhea, Maria, Mary. So we see that the Christian religion has its roots really in much earlier stories of a goddess religion. And uh, of course, well, we're looking, we're talking about stories, right? Um, so thanks for tuning into Women's Magazine and uh, for being a part of uh, your everyday life and everything that you do. I know that sometimes we get really busy or overwhelmed and, and, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like things are working out. Well, you probably need to take a break or at least take a step back and, and see what's really going on. Um, and what, what I find kind of interesting about this, this text here, um, uh, reading from Merlin Stone's book, When God Was a Woman, um, is that no matter what era you look at, um, there's always some sort of uh, worship happening. And I, I honestly, I, f I find that to be a little bit odd myself. Um, you know, when we want to attribute, um, you know, our gratitude or something to a specific image of what we believe. Um, I don't know how much it really serves us to tell you the truth. Um, so I'm going to play a little music for you. And in a few minutes, I'm going to call in from one of our new DJs at Mutiny Radio, Dr. Beth, who is a teenologist. Um, and Lord knows the teenage years are rough ones all around for the individual, for the parents, um, 
for teachers. And so uh, she's got a new show here on Mutiny Radio. And I'm looking forward to having her give a call in so we can get a chance to see what she's up to and, uh, and how she's helping people take a break, take a step back, and see what's important.
That was some music from Dijanka Diabate. You want to know how to spell Dijanka? D-J-A-N-K-A. Diabate. D-I-A-B-A-T-E. A song called Malaka. And thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val here. And since we were just talking about the ancient goddess religion and kind of comparing it to uh, to the, the male-centered uh, deities that have uh, kind of come to take over the major religions of the world, um, I actually came across a poem that I wrote, I'm guessing, probably a year or two ago. Because last Christmas time is when I started reading from When God Was a Woman. If the song, um, the show I did right before Christmas of last year in 2014 was uh, just a big question about God. Big G, little G, whatever you want to call it. And I, th- I wrote this poem right around then. Religion is schizophrenic. Whipped up in a furor of prayer talking to yourself out loud, shouting at some present and parallel entity, but invisibly divided. Somehow, living like an Alice, always wondering which side of the mirror is talking, divided and gawking, both voices listening to a different script, with no one to answer. Vivir cada día como si fuese el primero Y si es mi último día, aún así sería el primero Ser feliz para mí es este momento Abrir mi ventana, sentir el viento Perder el aliento Vivir a pulso, sentir el curso de las cosas Según el impulso, su verdadero transcurso Natural, mecerme, comerme la vida Llegar hasta el cuesco, empezar de nuevo mi partida Vivir cada día como si fuese el predilecto El color de las cosas tiene diferente aspecto Cuando abrazas tu gente, el amor el mejor nutriente El alimento que se ver el compuesto diferente Sentarse en el parque y comer chocolate Sentir que por dentro hay un corazón fuerte que late Para mí, ser feliz es esto Estar conversando contigo en medio del universo Tirarnos en el pasto, imaginar figuras Algodones de nubes, reírnos de todas las locuras La sonrisa ancha y el pecho abierto Sabiendo que nos podemos ir, todo es tan incierto Por eso, vivir el día como si fuese el último El miedo lo fumo, lo absorbo, lo tumbo Tomar la vida como un racimo de vino Ser feliz es ahora y hoy voy a vivirlo Estar contigo para mí es humanidad Es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad Vivir cada momento es simple humanidad Que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad Estar contigo para mí es humanidad Es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad Vivir cada momento es simple humanidad Que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad La vida ya se nos va, la vida una eternidad Ser felices ahora contigo no quiero más Que vivir cada momento, cada instante Como si fuera este presente Humanidad, la vida ya se nos va, la vida una eternidad Ser felices ahora contigo no quiero más Que vivir cada momento, cada instante Como si fuera este presente Humanidad Vivir 
Vivir cada día como si fuese importante Vivir el presente entregado a cualquier instante Vivir plenamente con esos detalles Que fuimos borrando y que nos hicieron distante Por eso, hoy quiero solo sentarme contigo en familia Dejar los problemas, reírnos juntos de la vida Contarte las anécdotas de infancia Las que nos recuerdan lo simple de la templanza De esa unión que tenemos imborrable De ese amor invencible, humano innegable Así que solo hoy quiero vivir el día y aprovecharlo como si hoy fuese mi último día. Estar contigo para mí es humanidad, es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad. Vivir cada momento es simple humanidad, que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad. Estar contigo para mí es humanidad, es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad. Vivir cada momento en simple humanidad, que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad. La vida ya se nos va, la vida una eternidad. Ser felices ahora contigo no quiero más que vivir cada momento, cada instante, como si fuera este presente humanidad. La vida ya se nos va, la vida una eternidad. Ser felices ahora contigo no quiero más que vivir cada momento, cada instante. Como si fueras del presente, humanidad Estar contigo para mí es humanidad Humanidad es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad Humanidad, vivir cada momento en simple humanidad Humanidad, que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad Humanidad Humanidad, humanity, that's right. We're transcending all things here, uh, labels and, and uh, categories and, and uh, boxes and frames. And But uh, so thanks again. You're listening to Women's Magazine here on mutinyradio.fm every Friday here from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm Global Val. And my guest today is on the phone. Um, we've got Dr. Beth, who's a new DJ here at Mutiny Radio. He's got a show. And I uh, want to know what Dr. Beth is all about. Hey, Dr. Beth, can you hear me? I can. Hi, Val. Oh, nice. Great to, great to uh, be on your show. Thanks. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm really happy to call. You're calling in and you sound really clear. Um, so, yeah, first of all, welcome to the Mutiny Radio team, and I'm glad that we're able to, uh, we're going to start collaborating and kind of cross-promoting uh, and letting people know about each other's shows. Um, and it. being Love that it. it's Women's Magazine, Dr. Beth, tell us a little bit about yourself and about, and about your show. Fantastic. Well, I am Dr. Beth, America's teenologist. And uh, many times people say, what the heck is a teenologist? And I tease that a teenologist is a psychologist on steroids. I need a new analogy because um, I'm not promoting steroids. (laughs) Since we're on on mutiny radio, um, we're being just crazy here. Um, Anyway, I, I deal with teen energy and teenagers of all ages. And all stages. I, I talk about like the toddler teenager. I have many, many parents that say to me, uh, my child is two going on 22. And uh, that's my specialty. And then I love the pre-teens. And I love the uh, full-on teenagers. And I love the teens that are ready to get out of your house. The ones that are uh, <laughs> ready to launch. They might even be 22, 27, 42, who knows? Sure. And then, and then my specialty, Val, mm-hmm. is the inner teenager. 
in powerful, powerful women. And, and, and why tap into the inner teenager of powerful women? So the teenager is your juice. The teenager is your authentic voice. The teenager is your life passion. And I have another character that I talk about, which is the inner seven-year-old or the, uh, the super seven-year-old, the superhero, the perfectionistic part of ourselves. And many of the most powerful women on the planet have um, overachieving inner seven-year-olds that kick their tail. <laughs> and the way that shows up is the inner teenager sometimes comes in and self-sabotages what is going on in your life. And you have this great, beautiful plan. You have this organizational chart. You have your systems in place. And then all of a sudden you oversleep. Or you find yourself sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Or over overdoing it with a glass of wine. So, Fill in the blank. So essentially call, coming into a shoot yourself in the foot. Exactly. Exactly. But my view of that is that it is really your gift to yourself to get you off the hamster wheel. And if you'll listen to the inner teenager, she won't tag your life. If you'll listen to that part of yourself, she has something to say to get you back to your life purpose and get you back to your joy. Well, we're all, we're all seeking joy. I think, well, I I hope, I hope we're all seeking joy. Um, So in, in terms of, of working with, with teen energy. Um, I mean, I see why you call it, uh, psychology on steroids because you really need a ton of energy to work with that teen energy. I have friends who teach high school and I myself used to work with middle school students and started getting gray hair before I was 30 and decided that I needed to move on. So where do you find that energy to work with, with teenagers? Well, thank goodness I was born with it. Um, I love, you know, one of the things I've been told is my whole life is you're too much, uh, you know, calm down, uh, you know, chill. And so one of the things that I love about teenagers is I get to be my authentic self. I get to step into my greatness as I encourage them to step in and own their greatness. And what are some ways that you do that? Because I mean, as te- teenagers, and I'm just going to go to the to the. Uh, I know you talked about various different uh, t- kind of types of teens or stages of adolescence, even the the young toddlers and etc. But looking at let's say like 13 to 15 year olds, um, yes. How do you tap into that? Because I feel like that age. Um, has a lot going on underneath the surface and they don't necess- it doesn't necessarily uh, come out in the most uh, eloquent or, or healthy ways. How do you tap into that? So I invite, encourage, and here's my word, slash double dog dare, the kids to tell me the truth. So it might look like this. A child would come to, my, uh, to a session with me and they'd say, hi, Dr. Beth, and they're like in their perfect little seven-year-old compliant doormat self, <laughs> and I'll say, how you doing? They're like, great, and they're trying to get out of there, right? They're trying to be good to get out of there as fast as they can. Right. And I, and I say, well, I'm wondering uh, how you could be great coming to see a shrink. 
I'm guessing that there may be a part of you that wants to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> and then they look at, and then they look at me like, "Oh my gosh, I'm busted." She can see right through me. <laughs> and in giving them permission to speak their truth, they start telling me the truth. So one of the things I say to parents when their children stop talking to them and are, you know, have face planted in their electronics, my first question to the parent is can you handle the truth? Because some of the things that your children are thinking are irreverent, illogical, uh, blasphemous, not something that you actually want them to say out loud. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So they're not saying anything at all. So my very first question to adults and to parents, if, if the children stop talking, is can you handle the truth? And I can handle the truth. Bring it. How do you get parents to do that, though? I mean, um, I, I, I think maybe a lot of parents, upon being asked that question, you know, kind of shudder a little bit. But obviously, if they're if they're talking to you and trying to trying to to, to tap into to what what you have to offer for them, um, you know, what what are the what are the next steps? How do how do parents talk to teenagers who have kind of tuned out? How do other family members and adults get to... Well, usually usually I don't... The parents don't call me until they are face-planted. And they have um, tried every other way to control, manipulate, influence, uh, impact, talk to, and get their child to do what they want them to do. And when they feel like they're uh, control maneuvers have no longer succeeded, or when they feel afraid that they've absolutely lost contact with their child, they come to me. And at this point, I say, you know, your option is to be able to stay connected with them, is we have to be able to meet them where they are. Otherwise, it's not safe for them to meet you where they are. I had a, a, a next-door neighbor that lived with me one time, and, and they had a young, gorgeous daughter. I think she was about 14. And my nephew was living with me, and he was uh, about 15 or 16 at the time, and he tried to say hi to the neighbor. And the mother ushered the girl into the house really quickly and told me later, came to my house and said, she's not allowed to talk to boys. And, and playfully, not not um, my finest hour, I said to my cousin, the mother of her son, I said, oh my goodness, that child is going to run away. And uh, two months later, that young child ran away. Oh, wow. So when you lock them in too tight, and when they can't breathe or have a way to step into their authentic self, that's when they snap. They don't want to leave any more than you want them to leave. But when it comes to the place where they feel like they're selling their soul out and it gets too tight, that's when we lose we lose connection with our children. So where does that... Um, and I know ne- actually next week you're going to be able to come in in person so we can really stretch our legs on this uh, quite a bit more. Um, Love it. But so 
I feel like in, in some regard and, you know, my own experiences and, and, you know, speaking with friends experiences, you know, parents uh, start out with really great intentions. And then and then once the, once the teenage years hit um, something, so there's like a big divide. So how do you how would you um, counsel parents who are maybe about to step into that time in their lives? Well, first of all, I would love to have conversations, and that's why I'm having my radio show on uh, every other Monday, and it's called Ask Dr. Beth, America's Teenologist. And I'm going to have parents and teens come to the studio and also be having power parenting groups, and the lines will be open, our normal 415-550-0511 phone number that anybody can call and say, hey, what do you think? What would you do? How do I keep from uh, stepping into this trap? But my number one my number one thing, Val, is to let parents get back to their playfulness. Mm-hmm. When they get so scared and significant and serious and perfectionistic and fearful around the teen years, it becomes a, a recipe for disaster. Because the children start to get scared as they're moving into the teen years. The parents start to get scared when they start moving into the teen years. And it it can really be one of the absolute best times of your entire life. I love teenagers. Absolutely love their brains. I love their energy. I love how they think. They are willing to question and challenge. And, you know, they're our next world leaders. And if we we, uh, create a bunch of lemons, is that called lemons or What's that word? You know, compliant doormat. Oh, lemmings. 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 <laughs> All those little yeah. creatures that, that run and follow each other off the cliff. Yes, yes. If we, if we create a bunch of children, we'll never evolve. And all of our new world problems will have no new world solutions. Well, I'm excited about your show. Um, and maybe give us a... You just alluded to some new world solutions. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, one of the new world solutions is to actually ask the children what they think, mm-hmm. what they want, what they need, what they want to create, what they want to live into. So, you know, when they're young, we have to tell them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. That's our job. We have to educate. And there is a time, and I would even say as fast as a child can think, that we need to start helping them think for themselves. And I resemble this one. I have a doctoral degree, and I was a compliant doormat, jumped through hoops my entire life. Um, Undergrad, master's, doctoral. And when I got to my dissertation, and I had jumped through all the hoops my entire life where they said, pick A, B, C, or D, and I could always find the right answer or learn it or study it or find out what the great thinkers of the world wanted me to know. And I would, I would regurgitate that information back to the world. But when you want to get your children to actually think for themselves, so when the drug dealer says, here, have these drugs, if you want them to have a choice and have a voice, then they have to first have a voice with you as a parent and with you as an adult. How can people do it, though? By asking questions 
and being okay and curious about the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and I imagine a great deal of patience as well. Because and tons and tons and tons of love and compassion, first and foremost, Al, for yourself. So when, when you're a perfectionistic mom, superhero, super, super successful, and you've mastered the corporate world, the corporate ladder, um, and you are, you know, you're exhausted at night, I've given my life to you, I can bring home the bacon, <laughs> fry it up in a pan, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it, and your kids are looking at you, and they're like, you do not look like you're having fun. <laughs> and you want me to live my life into what your life is? Right. You, are, you and Dad are not having fun. You are miserable. So my very, very, very first thing that I do with uh, the parents is I help them get on track to have fun and bring joy and compassion and love and make sure they are giving their self-permission to have their authentic voice with their own parents. So if I'm telling my child, you know, I need you to talk to me. What are you thinking? What are you doing? How are you feeling? Tell me the truth. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. My first question I'll ask a parent is, how's your relationship with your mom? Oh, God. Then they go after it. They're like, that's why I want to do it different with my child. Mm -hmm. And I said, so one of the things that we can do as adults is mirror, model, show our children how to do it. And if you're lying to your parents, then you're teaching them to lie to you. Right. Inadvertently, even. I mean, yes, absolutely. Expecting one thing, do as I say, not as I do. Right, right. Well, I kind of of bring out some of the um, not typically talked about aspects. And, and I'll tell you, the first thing I say, Val, is I am so willing to be wrong, and I am not going to tell you what to do as a mom. I am going to get you in your power that you're already a fantastic mom and take your power back. That's why I call it power parenting. Power parenting. So if you're, so if you're a Christian, you know, take your power as a Christian mom. If you are a spiritual uh, person, take your power as a spiritual mom. Don't compare yourself to another parent. Get in your own intuitive self. And the way you know if you're succeeding as a parent is if you're able to stay in relationship with your child. So if your child is no longer talking to you, that's when you might want to look at, am I listening to my child? And am I safe to be talked to? Am I safe to talk to? No matter what. Well, Dr. Beth, I am excited for people to be able to tune in and listen to your show and be part of your show. So tell us, tell us again, um, it's every other Monday. What time? From uh, four o'clock till six o'clock. All right. Four o'clock till six o'clock. And, um, we're, we're kind of, uh, I have somebody else that I share the time spot with. So on my Facebook page, um, Dr. Beth Halbert, America's Penologist, you can find out when the next show is. You can even put your name in and say, I'd like to be on the show. And, um, and you can also reach me at Dr. Beth at drbeth.com. Give me any question that you would like to ask. And I'll answer that question on the show as well. 
That's that's really cool. I'm I'm so happy you were part of Mutiny Radio. So uh, when is your next show going to be? Because you're every other Monday from four to six in the afternoon. Uh, when will you be on next? This coming Monday, the sixteenth. All right, November the sixteenth. Well, nice. I hope people will tune in, and if not uh, during live during the show, that they'll go to mutinyradio.fm and look at our podcast so that they can uh, listen to your show after the fact. Um, yes. So I, I'm excited to explore some some more of your insights and uh, methods when you join me here on Women's Magazine next Friday here at Mutiny Radio. I, I can't wait. And Val, do you have children? No, I do not. Awesome. Okay. Well, we can. T- you can have any parent that has a question. You can ask the question, uh, and they can get the answer anonymously. Oh, good idea. I'll I'll fish around a bit. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I love what you're doing. I'm so so great to be a part of the team, and uh, an honor and a pleasure to know you, and love having the opportunity to be of service and ways that I can bring your show to uh, my audience as well. So exciting. Most excellent. Dr. Beth, thanks so much for taking your time on this Friday, and I will see you here at Mutiny Radio next Friday. Sounds great. All right, Val. All right. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. So thanks, Dr. Beth, for calling in. So if all of that sounds intriguing to you, um, perhaps you're a parent or perhaps you're a young person trying to understand more about your relationship with your parents, um, or maybe you're even thinking about becoming a parent. Dr. Beth seems to have a lot of insight and uh, good energy. And I think uh, her I, I like what she said about making sure that adults and parents, um, whether they be parents or not, be able to tap in and, and have fun and stop being so serious all the time. Uh, you know, I think uh, one thing that she mentioned, uh, it kind of uh, strikes me, is when there is a, a teenager or a young person in your life and you're the adult, there's part of you that just wants to like, you know, like straighten up yourself and be this solid adult role model but really I mean it's kind of an act um, and <laughs> also it's kind of hard after adolescence to put yourself back into that mentality um, so I know like even talking trying to talk to you know nieces and nephews of you know teenage years something in me was just like totally disconnected and I I, I don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a forced forgetting of memories of adolescence <laughs> Who knows? Well, maybe I'll let Dr. Beth uh, dive, dive dive in a little bit uh, under the surface next week. We'll see. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. My blog is globalval.blogspot.com. And I'm here every Friday, not only from 2 to 3 p.m. for Women's Magazine, but also running the show, wrangling the cats here at the Common Thread Collective every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m., which is coming up next with Diamond Dave and myself and all of our friends, because Diamond Dave just turned 78 this week. So um, happy birthday to Dave. So if you're listening live, stay tuned uh, for whatever happens next. And if you're not listening live, well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the show, uh, listening to the podcasts. And, of course, uh, we're there on mutinyradio.fm. And uh, looking forward to uh, 
more happy Fridays here at Mutiny Radio. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. I'm Global Val. And earlier we had some music from Anna Tijoux. Um, so I think I'm going to play a little bit more music from her uh, cool hip-hop artiste, Anna Tijoux. This is called Elephant. Anna Tijoux mixtape mixed by DJ Dancel. Y a partir de cero, los últimos de la fila luego serán primero. Voy a partir de cero, los últimos de la fila luego serán primero. Voy a partir de cero, los últimos de la fila luego serán primero. Quién sabe si el villano luego será caballero. El traje solo tapa lo que se importa en dentro y afuera quemar en mis cartuchos. Sentí la pólvora quemando de mis buses De poco a mucho, estarla, estarla, mala, rata, vila, vi, pum, pum Mi autoestima se agacha, cha, 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 cha Para partir muriendo, ir de, ir de los escombros y reírme, tier, tier Abra, Abrace mis demonios cuando querías, me siento vuestro, vuestro, vado, vado Ya me, ya me, te, mi, Con lo que tengo me bajo la escalera de tome tomo tengo pero con lo que tengo me bajo la escalera de tome tomo prende el teléfono le doy comida a mí cuchito mi suco se levanta de la cama que miro el horizonte a través de mi ventana donde se dibuja el puente panamá mi minuto de silencio se transforma en una hora el tiempo de rodillas reposo me implora solo sola en mi cuarto un cuarto palacio siendo siendo la de misma cara siente paro zoom se acerco mejor me abrigo aire fresco el mismo chilón buena quien para por mi voz mi man camino sin ruta porque no tengo ningún plan Nací un día de junio del año 77, planeta Mercurio y el año de la serpiente. Nací un día de junio del año 77, planeta Mercurio y el año de la serpiente. Sino patente tatuado y en mi frente que en el vientre de mi madre marcaba el paso siguiente. Nacer llorar sin anestesia en la camilla. Mi padre solo dijo es Ana María, pues 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 Ana María. Real prison.